Hello and welcome to Total Recall ASM 19 on the Word on the Go podcast. Throughout this series we're going to be bringing you all the talks and seminars from this year's festival. We hope you enjoy. Just as we say amen to our praise and prayer, let's just, let's just pray because I know I, I'm American but actually we've got a few Americans on stage today so I just want you to practice something with me because... We are in Northern Ireland, and this requires a little bit of practice, right? So, can everyone say, okay, I'm going to go. Ready? I'm right. going to go. Give me an amen. And then you're going to give me an amen. Ready? Like, amen. No, like, uh, amen. Like, amen, yeah. sister. Yes, ready. Okay. So, we're going to practice a couple times. Here's the first go. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And again, <laughs> give me an Amen. Amen. Can you give me a preach it? Preach it. Amazing. See this, you, is like, <laughs> this is fantastic. Right, so I've got two really special friends to introduce you to this morning. Okay, yes. and they're going to come up together. So we've got Trey Shepard here with us this morning. <laughs> and we've got Jessica Mitchell with us here this morning. Come on, Jess. Yes. Woo! Come on, Dine. Come on, Dine. So Jess has, has really the, uh, you know, the honor of introducing and praying for, for Trey. But first I want to introduce her. Jess, where are you from? Uh, King's Church Binder. Yeah, there they are. Woo, woo. How old are you? Twelve. Yeah. Big, big twelve fans. Yes. Twelve. Jess. What do you want to maybe possibly be when you grow up? Not sure, just something that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Classy. I like. And big question. What is your dream for your generation? Uh, to learn from the past generations to make a change and stop climate change and stuff. So good. Yes. Woo! Amazing, right? Yes. All right, Jess. So, Trey, where are you from? Uh, Coleraine. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, originally Georgia, but I've been here so long. As you can tell from my accent, I'm super Northern Iron now, so it's all good. It's all good. And, Trey, do you think you need prayer this morning? I do need prayer. Yeah, yeah. Jess, hit Jess, me up. Jess, go ahead and pray. Come on. Dear God, I pray that you will bless the words that come out of Trey's mouth and it'll be your words yes. through him that will signify with each and every one of us in this room yeah. to uh, help us become closer to you and uh, learn from our mistakes and just better. Amen. 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 Wow. Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much, Jess. All right, friends, how are you? Yeah, you feel good now because you only had one night in the tent. I'll be back with you tonight and then Tuesday morning. By Tuesday morning, you people are going to look like this. Right? How you doing? My name's Trey. Um, I clearly am from America, um, but I have spent the last 26 years living in the UK. And before that, uh, I was in London. But the best years of my life, the last 13 years, have been right here in Northern Ireland. God's country, as we know. 
I live in the city of champions, Coran, on the north coast. <laughs> Is that just my church out there? I don't know. There they are. But for all of you, to all of you from Northern Ireland, don't boo the North Coast. Who did that? Let's stop this business right here. I don't have to call out sin right now. Let me tell you something about Northern Ireland, okay? You are small, but you are powerful. You are small, but you're all related to each other. You're all... Every one of you is each other's cousin. I... I where else do you come to an event and at the very front of the main stage is there just a roll of bend liners? I, I, <laughs> but you are small, but you are mighty. You are small, but you are powerful. You are small, but you carry within you the power to transform the world. And the world is waiting. The world has zero expectations of us here in Northern Ireland. They just want us not to all kill each other because we're from the other side of the river, if you know what I'm saying, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's okay. It's okay. But here's what I believe about you. Let me tell you why I planted my heart, my home, and my family here. And this is where I want to spend the rest of my life. Because I believe that God has something for the world that is being born in Northern Ireland. And the hearts of young people just like you. And the first time I spoke at Summer Madness. You know, the whole reason I'm here in Northern Ireland is because of Summer Madness. You know, they invited me over back... They invited me over in 2005. Don't even start that. I wasn't even born then, Trey. I got shoes older than you people, all right? But <laughs> now, now Jessica, Jessica, who prayed for me, was not even born. I was like, how old are you? And she went, I'm 12. And she was like, how old are you? And I went, older than you. <laughs> so I'm like a dad. Um, I have my daughter here with me this weekend. Lane, give us some love. Just represent. That's my little girl. And I got Joel and Shannon, part of my team, and I got my posse from my church. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, when I first came to speak at Summer Madness, I hadn't made this yet my home. And so today when I speak to you this morning, I want to come to you like a dad. I know my accent's funny. Oh, that's a call from the Lord. And <laughs> he's just about to say, this is a killer message. Make sure you pay attention. Okay. But what I want to talk <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that just happened. But what I want to talk to you today is kind of, I want to come to you like a dad a little bit today. And what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about how you are shaped by love. And who you were born and designed to be. Now, I grew up in a real small town. I'm married to my high school girlfriend. She's not in high school now. She... <laughs> Steady. What? Come on. All right. She's like my age. <laughs> Which I can't tell you my age now because then she'll be like, don't tell them how old I am. You know. Um, she'll be here with me on Tuesday. We'll get her up and say hello. But I grew up, my daddy was a preacher and a farmer. And I grew up in a very religious culture, a super religious culture. Small town, everybody up in each other's business. Everybody had funny accents. Sound familiar? Okay. <laughs> now, the problem is that growing up, my understanding of God a lot of times was quite fear-based. When I was a kid, there was a movie called Left Behind, and it was about the end times. And there was a scene in that movie when the rapture happened, and there was a little girl. She was skipping along like this. And she had gone to borrow butter from her neighbor, because that's what we did back in the olden days, all right? And, and there was this shot of her skipping down the street, and then suddenly, boom, the rapture happens. And the next shot was just butter melting on the hot pavement, okay? The rapture had happened, and people had been left behind. And that movie terrified me. 
terrified me so badly. So much of my relationship with God was based on fear because I was terrified of hell and I was super terrified of being left behind. I used to come home from school and I'd come in the house and there'd be no one home and I'd be like, Mom? Dad? Trent? Krista? No! You know, I, I had at least four or five occasions when I was a kid that I was like, I've been left behind. And I lived so much of my life based on that kind of fear relationship with God. And sometimes our picture of God as a father has become that way. Maybe we've been tried, maybe people have tried to frighten us into a relationship with God. But, but fear is never the basis of real relationships, ever. And it's not the picture that we see in the Bible. But for some of us today, we may have an image of God. We may be here following God today, but it may be out of fear. And it may even be that we're not so sure about God's character. In fact, we may feel like God's one of those people. Like, we like Jesus because he seems friendly, right? But, you know, but God, God, you know what I mean? You're, we're like, not him, right? Okay. And, and you kind of have that, maybe you have that little fear that the Father's up in heaven just waiting for you to go, God, I'll do anything for you except go to China. And God's like, I heard that. Guess who's going to China? You know, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's still okay? <laughs> Y'all are like, what have we done? Youth leaders around the room are going, what, seriously, what have we done? Can we get the ministry team out right now? Okay. So this morning, what I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about the beginning of the world and everything. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> because I want to tell you who you were designed to be, and then I want to tell you how you come back home to who you were always born to be. Now, are you ready for that? Can you buckle up? I know it's hot. I know we're a little behind time. I know there is a fire alarm coming. The irony. You'll get it. Just wait on it. You'll get it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that happened. All right. So this morning, I want to talk about who you were designed to be. Because guess what, friends? This is the promise that I read when I was younger, and I suddenly went, what if there's more than fear? What if there's more? This is what Jesus said in John 10. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came so they, that means you and me, can have real and eternal life. Listen to this next sentence. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. More and better life than we've ever dreamed of. Who would like that? It's okay. You, you can say yes. Don't, don't be all Northern Irish on me this morning. Well, I, I don't want to say yes because I might have to do it, you know. Close? Not even. I know, I know. It's a, it's a Korean accent. That's what you sound like. I know it's not Bellamine. It's okay. Because sometimes what we have to do is we have to look at the original design of something. How many, so just for, just for instance, I bet everyone has something like this in their pocket, right? Yes? It's a phone. You guys are like, what is it? A black rectangle? <laughs> right? Now, this, this is a phone, okay? And, and it has all these powers. But let me tell you, it, it, the, when you look at the, the shape of this phone, it could be used for other things. Um, I, I, you know, I travel a bit, and um, I don't travel as much as I used to, but I, I, last week, I, you know, I was traveling, I was, I was in a, a, a hotel in England, and I don't know how England works anymore. I lived in London for 13 years, but I, I left and came here to this green and pleasant land. I've lost the power of England. I don't know what those people are doing. They have put these complicated things to control the temperature in your room, and it's like you literally have to be like, I'm hacking the system, password password. I'm in. All right. Okay. It's really tricky. Okay. And so I got into my room and my room was what I would say is just, just sort of stuffy. And I thought, here's what I want. I want my hotel room to be so cold that in the middle of the night, I'm awakened by penguins. Right. I want it freezing. Right. And I want to be under a big duvet and be like, 
So what I did is I put on what I thought was the cooling power. But instead what I had done is I had turned on the heat in the room. And then I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I was literally sleeping on the surface of the sun. I was, I, 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 it, it felt like I had in, just allowed hell to enter my room. It was beyond belief, the heat. So I got up. I could not figure out the, the magical thermostat. And so at that stage, I decided that what I would do is I would open my hotel door and I would just do this. People are coming in from a night out, and I'm like, how's it going? Just, just cool enough. And then I realized, i got to prop this door open. Never do that. It's so unsafe. And as I was looking in my heat-based delirium, I'm looking around the room going, please, there must be something. There must be something. And then I went, it's the perfect size to prop open my door. And in my delirium, I thought I could just put it on the floor and just kick it right under the door. And you know what? It would have worked. Because this little phone is the perfect shape to prop open a door. But that's not what it's designed for, right? This is like a miracle of technology. I can call my mom here. You guys are like, who uses a phone to call someone? I can like face chat and snapdogram and instabook. <laughs> I'm, I'm, come on, man. Fellow young people, come on. Hello, fellow kids, right? But this is an incredible tool. You can make movies with it. I, I, you know, when I was your age, <laughs> and it's always terrible, isn't it, when an old person starts that, when I was your age, we used to have to go to the wall and take something off with a cord and make a dialing thing like this. And if you missed a zero or something, you had to start over. And now I call my dad, and we talk on a video phone. It's FaceTime, but my dad calls it SpaceTime because he's really old. And... <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to FaceTime you later. And I'm like, it's FaceTime. And he goes, I don't think it is. <laughs> but see, here's the thing is that this phone is designed for so much more. And friends, you and me too, we're designed for so much more than we often settle for. And sometimes the reason we live small lives is because we have believed in a small God. But today, I want to hear, I'm going to tell you, you have a giant glorious, loving father who's got big dreams for little people like you and me. Big dreams for little places like Northern Ireland. Big dreams for hope and life and grace and love and salvation and the sound of hallelujah for the nations coming from we little Northern Ireland. Because we have a big God, even though we're little people. And when we look back at the beginning of the story, when we look at the book of Genesis, that's why we're going to talk about the beginning of everything. We see what we were designed to do. And in the story, here's what you have, and you can turn to it right here in the Holy Bible. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to turn. We're going to look at Genesis. It's not hard to find. Open the cover. Go right. Okay? You'll find it. Okay? In the beginning of the story, what we see is we see God creating the world. He flings stars into space, mountains, fish, birds, um, jam. That came later. Um, lots of things, right? Okay? And then at the pinnacle of creation, after he has done all this, he spoke light into existence. He spoke and light happened. And at the pinnacle of, of creation, after he had said, this is good, this is good, this is good, he took dust and he formed it and he breathed life into it and he created man. And for the first time he says, this is not good for the man to be alone. And then we have this incredible scene there. So for most of you, you think, and then he created Eve. But no, actually what happened is actually, and the first thing that happens is um, when God says, it's not good for man to be alone. And you can check this out. It's in Genesis chapter 2. 
All right? God then first has Adam name all the animals. Have you ever read that before? Do you know that the first job Adam had, name all the animals? When God was looking for someone to hang out with Adam, he went, I'll bring all the Adam, to, I'll bring Adam all the animals. You don't believe me. I'm going to read it. Here we go. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And you're like, I hope the next verse says, and then Eve appeared. Nope. Next verse. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Now that's an awesome moment. I have no idea if there was just a giant orderly queue. I don't know if I, can you imagine that? All the animals queued up. And Adam, Adam's like, so what do I do? And God's like, uh, just name them. And Adam's like, okay. Aardvark. Aardvark it is. I have no idea what happened, right? <laughs> it's an insane moment, isn't it? The Bible's got some wild stuff in it. You should read it. No, seriously, you should read it. No, seriously, you should read it, right? Okay. So in that moment, what happens is here, let me go on and see what it says, okay? So the, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild, uh, wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Whew. Thank goodness, right, boys? Anyway, then the next thing, you know what happens next. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Adam's like, I feel a bit, you know. And then he wakes up and he's like, oh, what's happened to, oh, hello. <laughs> that was the creation of Eve in one act by Trey Shepard. Age old. Anyway, so, and then, and, then, and then the best part here, the next thing that happens is the first thing Adam does is he names Eve because he's been naming everything, right? So he's like, I will call you Eve. And right, so this is the story. And then here, let me finish up where it goes, okay? And this is what it says then. And then verse uh, 20, 25 here, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, here is the picture of what you and I were designed for, okay? This is the original design of humanity, absolutely living in paradise, designed for love, with no separation between all of humanity and its creator. There's no sin, there's no pain, there's no shame. They're living in paradise. They have things to do, and they're designed for love for one another. And then that last verse, it says they were naked and felt no shame. Now, again, I know the minute you say naked in a room full of teenagers, everyone's like, <laughs> right? But what that passage is talking about is that there was nothing covering them, that they were completely known, they were naked, and yet they were not ashamed. That is who you and I were designed to be. You were designed for paradise. Your human design was that you would have no disconnect between you and your creator, and that you would live without shame in your lives. You weren't designed to know what it feels like when your heart gets broken. You were designed to know what it's like to be loved. The reason the world is so painful, the reason that it's so hard sometimes as we walk through life is because we're living in less than our design. We're living in a broken world. You weren't designed to know what it's like when your mom and your dad split up if they have. No one in this room was designed to know the pain of burying a child or a brother or a sister. You weren't designed to know what it's like when you're bullied at school. You weren't designed to know what it's like when your best friend stabs you in the back with a bad thing they say about you. You weren't designed to know what it's like to be betrayed. You were designed in love, for love, by love, and to be loved. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We don't have time, we don't have time. From now on, if you want to clap, we'll just do one together. And then we'll move on. Brilliant, okay. Now... <laughs> You were designed for love. Now, why is this so important today? 
Because sometimes in our cultures, our gospel message has become a fear-based one. God's a little angry at you. You better come back. But let me tell you something. The message of the gospel is not come join our new alien system. It feels like that, though, sometimes, doesn't it? When I was a kid, we used to do evangelism a lot. We'd go to the beach. We'd go down to Panama City Beach, which is kind of the equivalent of sort of Port Rush. You know what I mean? And everyone would be there trying to have a good time. And we'd be walking around with tracks that said things like, believe this or you're going to burn like an Irishman on a sunbed. You know, sort of thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> Thank you, very public laugher. <laughs> it's all right. I'm super pale, too. I, I, last night in the moonlight, I completely disappeared. It was weird. Okay, anyway. Um, but, but, you know, again, the thing is, is that we were going, you're going to burn, you're going to burn, you're going to burn. But see, the thing is, is that then we would offer them, come join our new alien system. Come join us. You'll live exactly the way you do now, only you'll get to feel guilty about it all the time. And you get to go to weird meetings. Join us. Right? Some of you feel that way about summer madness right now. Your friends are like, come on, it's going to be great. And they drag you here and you're like, this is all about God. Um, I thought there would be Sabuto, right? Yeah. But here's the deal. The message of the gospel is not come join our alien system. Let me make it really clear to you right now what the message of the gospel is. The message of the gospel is come back home through the blood of Jesus to who you were always designed to be. The message of the gospel is come back home to your dad. Come back home to the father who created you out of love to love you and to give you life beyond beyond your wildest dreams. The message of the gospel isn't just about what happens after your death. The message of the gospel is about the fact that we get to live lives filled with freedom, lives not colored by shame, lives that are set free by this glorious message of the gospel. Come back home to who you've always been designed to be. But see, what happens in the story is that sin enters the story and with sin enters shame, with sin enters brokenness, with sin enters death and disease and all of the things that we see that we weren't originally designed for. And in the story there as it goes on, here's what happens is Adam and Eve, they go from this place where they're fully seen. I mean, they're naked, they're fully seen. There is no disconnect between them and the Father. They're unashamed. They're living in wonder. And then we hear this terrible thing that happens when they step into sin there. You know the story, I'm sure, but if not, check it out in Genesis 3. But I'm gonna pick up in verse seven there, just right here. They ate the fruit, you know that bit, and then this is what it says in verse seven. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. They realized it and they became ashamed. So they sewed, sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. But then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God said, where are you? And I love this image that God coming to walk and be with them in the evening because that's what a father does. And what your father's desire is right now is to come to you in your life and to walk with you in the cool of the day, to be with you, his presence with you, and that you get to be seen by him and you get to see him. But in that moment, he cries out, where are you, Adam, Eve, where are you? And this is how they respond. We heard you in the garden and we were afraid because we were naked. So we hid. And here's the thing that happens. What happens is when sin and shame enter our lives, we don't want to be seen anymore. We want to hide away. It's a little bit like when I was a little kid, my mom used to always say to me, she'd be like, did you, you know, 
did you hit a baseball through the window? Look me in the eyes. And I always thought that my eyes turned colors if I didn't tell the truth. Because my mom would always be able to know if I was telling the truth, you know. She'd be, look me in the eyes. And I'd be like, I threw the baseball through the window. Because I was like, my eyes must be turning colors. Because I felt like my mother had a power to see into my soul. So as I got older, you know, sort of my teen years, sometimes I'd come in sort of late at night, avoiding my mother. My mother would be like, how are you? And I'd be like, I'm fine, thank you. My mother would be like, come over here and look at me. And I'd be like, I can't, my eyes are broken. Because I didn't want to be seen. You know why? Because I was ashamed. And for many of us, what's happened in our lives is we've allowed shame to become the way that we live. And see, here's the problem with shame. Shame keeps us from closeness and from intimacy. And so we try to cover our lives with things. Just like Adam and Eve. Their shame, they tried to cover their shame. They made these little fig leaves. I'm sure they were pathetic little coverings. Because no one had ever sewn before. No one knew how to do it. Here they are trying to cover themselves. They don't want to be seen because they're ashamed and afraid. And here's the thing, so often what we do is we run from God in our shame instead of running to God when our shame begins to cripple our lives. Sometimes the shame that we feel in our lives comes from choices that we've made. Sometimes it comes from choices that others have made against us. Do you understand that? Sometimes we feel ashamed because we've been assaulted or we've been bullied or any of those things. Sometimes it's from decisions we make. But here's the real truth, and this is what I want to hit at this morning as we come into land. It's only when Adam and Eve come out of their hiding places and allow themselves to be seen by God that they can fully see God. And then God makes the first sacrifice and he makes a covering for them. And of course what it is, is it's this beautiful picture of the covering that God will give us by sending his son, Jesus to cover our shame once and for all at the cross with his blood and his death and then with his resurrection life to breathe into us the power to live lives freed of the power of sin and shame. And sometimes what's happened in our lives is we run from God instead of running to God. Sometimes what happens is we have this deep desire to be known, to be seen, to actually say, look, I want you to see me for everything I am. But our fear is, is that if God really sees us, he might not like what he sees. So sometimes what we do is we trade a closeness with God, an intimacy with God, for the comfort of knowing about God instead of being close to God. Do you know what I mean? We trade an intimate relationship with the Father for a religion where we know all the right things to say but our lives aren't marked by intimacy. And here's what I want to invite you into this morning. It's only when we come out from our hiding that we find healing. It's only from when we step out from behind our brokenness and our shame that he can actually welcome us in to the intimacy that you and me and everyone who's ever been born was designed for in God's great dream for humanity. Now as the rain begins to fall. Here's my prayer for you for these days. My prayer is just like this rain is falling on this tent right now, that the mercy and the love of Jesus will rain down in your lives and that you will know that you can be seen by God. You are not invisible. 
He sees you. You are seen. And as we step into his presence and we allow him to see us and begin to heal our shame and our brokenness, what happens is that that's when we can finally see God for who he is. Let's stand together. We're just going to respond really quickly. See, what happens when we draw close to God is we see that God sees us in our sin. He sees us in our pain. He sees us in our sorrow. He sees us in our shame. He sees us in all of our worst moments, and yet he loves us. Yet he sent Jesus to cover for us. Yet he sent his son to bear our sin and shame. Healing happens when we step out of, hi of hiding. Hope awakens when we embrace intimacy. And this morning, here's what I want to do is I want to invite you to come further up and further into the presence of God. So right now, okay, the band's going to come in a second, but we're going to do this right before the band comes, okay? This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to come back home to Jesus. If this morning you've never given your yes to Jesus for the first time, if this morning maybe you've come along to Summer Madness and you're like, I've been doing this, I've been coming to church and what have you, but I've never said, yes, Jesus, I want to have you step into my light and into my heart. I want you to be my covering for my sin and shame. If that's you this morning, don't look around, don't see what your friends are doing. I want you to right now raise your hand if you want to invite Jesus in your heart for the first time to come home. I see you. I see you. Come on, keep, raise them high. I know, it's in, I know it's intense. I see, I see, I see your hands. Ever, come on. Hallelujah. Well, that's fired up. Right there, Saturday morning, get in. Yeah, come on. Right now. One, one more second, then we're moving on. Okay, Lord, thank you for these who right now are saying, I'm coming home. I want to I wanna come back to who I've been designed to be. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Now, let's move on. It's so good. It's so good. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to celebrate it. But here's another thing. For some of you, it's time to come back home to Jesus. Some of you have come here this week. You're carrying shame. You're carrying guilt. You know Jesus. He's been a part of your life. But something has gotten messed up along the way. And you are, you are tired of carrying shame on your back. And right now, I want you to have a chance to come back home to Jesus. And if you know it's time to get your life right, to get back to Jesus, if you know you need to step out of hiding and into healing this morning, if that's you, just put your hand right up. Do it quick. Don't look around. Don't look for anybody else. Yeah, come on, hands everywhere. You're so brave to do it. You're so brave to say it. Come back home. Hallelujah. Jesus, your grace for these, my sisters and brothers. He meets you on the road running, arms open wide, because that's what the Father does. Come back home. And then finally, finally. For some of us, we know about God, but we don't know Him deeply. For some of you, we've been standing kind of holding God a little bit at arm's length, you know? Like, I like you, I wanna go to heaven, but there's been a fear of intimacy. For some of you, there's a fear of intimacy because you've been hurt before. Some of you have been betrayed, some of you have been abused, some of you have been broken before by things. 
And this morning, I wanna invite you into a new level of intimacy with Jesus, a new level of intimacy with your Father, a new level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And if you long for a new level of relationship, if you wanna step deeper in with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through Jesus this morning, if that's you, just put your hands in there, both hands, just like that. If you wanna step into a deeper intimacy, yeah, everybody, there we go. Hands everywhere, yeah, of course, of course. I know this is intense. I know we're all looking around. I know we normally do the please don't look around. Well, here, let me tell you why we're looking around. Because we want to live our lives wide open. You know what? Because you know what our cities need? You know what Bangor needs? Coleraine needs? Garva needs? Agadouie needs? Belfast needs? Dublin needs? Wherever your town needs. The town doesn't need more of us gathering in tents that are great weeks. The town needs us living lives unashamed, transformed by the living power of Jesus in our streets. Your city needs you. Your school needs you living broken free from the chains of shame by the, the glorious blood and love and life of Jesus. And this morning, unashamed, unashamed because the cross has carried my shame. I lift my hands to heaven and I say, Jesus, Jesus, let your love rain down over Northern Ireland. Let it rain down in our schools. Let it rain down in our neighborhoods. Let it rain down in our streets. Let it rain down in our cities. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We want to be your partners in the history-making story of Northern Ireland, swept by the love and the light of Jesus again. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to Word on the Go. For more information about the festival or to contact us, please visit us at www.summermadness.co.uk forward slash festival or reach out to us across our social media platforms.